I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. If you've got your Bibles, you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading several portions of Scripture, and I'm going to be starting in... Um, first, that's mine, sir. I just don't want you to drink it. <laughs> I'm reading out of 1 Samuel 5. 1 Samuel 5. And uh, I am then going to be going to Proverbs 14 and then Psalms 51. First Samuel 5 says this, And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and they set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stub of Dagon was left. Therefore neither the priest of Dagon nor any, of, nor any that came, come into Dagon's house tread upon the th- threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emrods, and even Ashdod and the coast thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of the covenant of, or the ark of God of Israel shall not abide with us, for this hand, his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them, and said, what shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, And let, let the ark of God be, of Israel be carried unto Gath. And they carried the ark of God of Israel unto about thither. And it was so that after they had carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emrods and in their secret parts. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron, and it came to pass that these, as the ark of Ekron came, uh, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, "They have brought the ark of God of Israel unto us to slay us and our people." In Proverbs 14, in verse 12, it says this: "There is that which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The end thereof." are the ways of death. And then in Psalms 51, in verse 10, it says this, Create in me, O God, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. With the help of this Lord this morning, I want to talk to you about this subject, the fall of your Dagon. The fall of your Dagon. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning, and in the name of Jesus, I ask that you 
would do a mighty work in this place. I ask that, God, that you would touch every heart and every soul. We've seen the hands, Lord, of those in need. We've seen the hand of God uh, of those who have cried out to you this morning. Lord, we ask that you would meet these needs. But we also ask, God, for the greatest need of all, and that's the need of the soul. We pray that, God, that you would move here mightily, Lord. And we command every evil spirit, every spirit of the world to leave this place this morning. And we ask that your spirit would just permeate this house. We ask your blessings upon this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'll tell you what. First of all, I've got... Let me get rid of this. Except this over here. I got a mess of papers up here. And, uh, you know, it is so good to be stretched. And when I say stretched, I'm talking about all week long. The world pushes on us. They push us this way and they, they push us that way and... They, they, just, they just try to compact us and make us feel or try to con- make us conform to what the world wants us to do. We do this somewhat when we go to our jobs. The world, in our jobs, they, they force us or they, they, they have us do certain tasks and certain things that, that make us conform to what they need. And, and, and that's what we're hired to do. But all day long, all day long, we're pressured. You're pressured. I'm pressured. All who, who work in day-to-day or deal with day-to-day issues, we're pressured to conform to the world's thoughts and the world's ideas. And yet when we come into the house of the Lord, the Lord is able to set us free. Now, I don't, I don't know... I don't know how much pressure, and I know, you know, Sister Cook is, is under the pressure, her husband's sick, and he's down, and he's, he's trying to recover. And, and you, you, there's others here who have other kinds of pressures. But this morning, the Lord is here to set us free. Did not the Scripture say, cast all your care upon me, for I careth for you? Our problem is that we want, we, we want to carry those things and God says, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Just let me, let me, set me free. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. All day long we, we carry those burdens. Forgive me, Andrea. But I was talking with my daughter this week and, and, uh, we were having a father-daughter talk, and uh, she was she was telling me about um, some things that she's doing that's going on in her life, and and she was telling me about this class that she's taking, and and it's it's worth so many points, and 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 there was all these issues going on, and and uh, she was I, I was making suggestions, and, and and she well there's this there's that there's changing and and, and all whatever. But then I got, I let her talk, and when she got done, I asked her one question. Have you prayed about it? See, we carry those burdens, and we don't know what to do with them. We don't have the answers for them. The Lord says, cast your cares. We, we, we don't need to carry them. My yoke is easy. My burdens are light, the Scripture says. But we carry them anyway. You see, as I stand here this morning, I believe that this church 
we're in a period of spiritual growth. There's a culture here that has developed that we can, we can be stretched Stretched out of our comfort zone, stretched away from the things that are common and ordinary in our lives and allow God to move us and make us better than what we are. Sister Young says, I have only one talent. What do I do? Do I bury that talent or do I let God use it and stretch it and make it and use it for, for greater for the kingdom of God? The last couple of weeks in this and the services have been so fantastic. I don't know if you know or if you've heard that we've had several miracles take place. Brother Floyd was facing an operation. He 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 had an occlusion in his, in, in the veins of his arm, and he was going to have they were going to have to cut his arm open and and shake out the 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 uh, um, what, what's it called uh, the, the the tubing in his arm and and, and put new tubing in there. And, if you, and his whole arm where he does dialysis was going to have to be changed. Sister Robin come up and says, I need, we need a miracle. God did it. There's been other miracles that have been happening in the last couple of weeks. Other things that have taken place that... Some of us haven't heard about, but the, the, the whole thing is God is showing you the church. I'm here. Let me work in your life. Give me a chance. We're in a culture of change. You see, we're looking for an experience. We, uh, we, we, we had a prayer meeting, 12 hour prayer meeting. Different people came in. Different people moved. God, God stirred the spirit of uh, of our hearts, and and on Sunday morning the, the spirit of God moved, and it was a mighty anointing and a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. I love those services because I need them. I love when God stirs my heart that I'm not I'm not just sitting on some place on a platform or back in a pew, and I'm saying, oh, it's just a this is just a service. I don't come just for a service. I want to be changed. I want to be renewed. I want to be touched. I want to be corrected. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. If we're going to have that revival that we all want, if we're going to have the revival that we're looking for, if we're going to have that apostolic revival that's going to change our, our, our world, that's going to change Owen County, that's going to change this church, we've got to be willing to do some things. The church needs to come together for sacrificing the prayers, the, the fastings, the, the working together as one. I'm my job. At my job, at, at my company, I worked for Cook here in Spencer, and, uh, and, and tomorrow I will have completed 28 years on my job. Thank you. But I, I said that because a couple of years ago, on every door, every entrance to the building, they took and they painted a motto. And on that model, it says, quality people doing quality work in a timely manner. Every door. And the point and the purpose of that model 
is twofold. First of all, when you walk into your, my job, when I walk into my job, it reminds me of why I'm there. It, it gives me a purpose of why I'm, I'm to come to work every day and to do something, my job. But it also, the second point is, is that it gives me a goal. That we're all not just doing haphazard stuff, so there are many components to the many products that my company makes, but we're all moving in one direction. This is not a business. But we're all, we're all moving in the same direction. We all have the same purpose. We're all wanting go, to go to the same destinations. Now, we don't have a motto on our door, but we do have a purpose for being here. We're, 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 we're here. We're not just a Pentecostal church. We're not just here as a building, but we are here as a faith movement. We have a destiny and a destination in mind. And, and you see, we're not just a church, but we are faith people. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget we're a faith people. Oh, it's time to go to church. We are here to have our faith stirred. We're here to have our spiritual lives changed. We're not just a church, but we are God's people. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for He... he, he for he that cometh unto God must believe that he is, and that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. You see, Brother Horton was preaching Sunday night. And uh, as I was sitting up here, the Lord struck me with the thought about Dagon. Now, I, I, I didn't understand why. I, I was up here... And, through the day, and I, I knew I was going to be pre- preaching this weekend, and I was praying, God, give me a thought, give me a message, give me, help me to preach. I, I don't have a, and I've said this before, but I don't, I don't have a repertoire of, of sermons that I just pull out of my, my, my computer. When, when, when I pray, or when I get ready to preach, my, my, I created this sermon yesterday. I was here yesterday, all day. And... Uh, so this thought of Dagon was going through my mind, and the, and the Lord started talking to me about all the different things going on in our lives, but yet, somehow, we have this Dagon in our life that is so elusive. You see, there's, there, there are all kinds of, of idols, if you read in the Old Testament, there's all kinds of idols that... Um, all kinds of, uh, of deities that, that people worshipped. And we read the Scriptures and we don't think about them. We don't, we don't think, well, well, that's a good story, but people bow down to these things. People worship these things. People sacrifice their, their children in the fires to these things. And there was no life in them. You see, the judgment of God is coming upon all the unbelievers and the, the false worshipers of this, of this world. And judgment will not be escaped. And we may not like the thought of God judging our world, but He is. 
If he's the God that was in the God of the Old Testament, which he is, then Jesus is going to come back and he's going to judge this world. And God, God warns us about this. And his hand of judgment will fall upon all those who will not bow before him. The time of, of true judgment is coming. To you and to me, the name Dagon means nothing. But to those in the Philistine world, it was everything. It was what they worshipped and what they sacrificed to. It was what they went. It was who they went to when they they wanted to 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 overcome a, a, a circumstance in their life. And that's a lot like how Jesus is to us. Only for us, sometimes Jesus is not really our first choice. Jesus is not always the one that we go to first. We try and work it out in our own minds and our own imaginations. But throughout history, there have been all kinds of deities, gods like Molech, Ashtaroth, Baal. Even the Greeks had their gods like Zeus, Aphrodite, and Poseidon, who was the uh, god of the sea. And even Paul, when he stood upon Mars Hill, looked upon all the deities that were worshipped and found one that was to the unknown God. And yet today we think that we're so enlightened, we're so, so much wiser, so much more intelligent. But how many know that a couple weeks ago, on a Sunday, on August 26, 2018, in Black Desert Rock of Nevada, was held in a hedonistic spectacle called the Burning Man Festival. Now, the Burning Man Festival is a place was started with the idea of bringing out the arts, different venues of arts, and uh, at the end of the ceremony, they would burn this this wooden statue that was like a man. It was a, a way of throwing all the the uh, things that all the cares, all the problems of your past into this fire and let the man burn. But yet, it's nothing short of but a, a, a debauchery for there are all things take place in that, in that desert. In our scripture text this morning, in 1 Samuel 5, the children of Israel had been in sin for a while and God was trying to get Israel to, to uh, come back to Him and follow Him. There was no national leader to say, hey, we need to turn our hearts and our lives back to Jesus or back to God. There was such rampant sin in the church that God even sent prophet after prophet to Eli, the high priest, and said, you better change this, you better, you better turn this around or, or judgment's going to come. And you need to change and chastise and correct your sons. Who are, who are destroying my, 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 my church, who is, who are doing wrong and who are, who are committing sin in church. But it all fell on deaf ears. How many, how many times have we heard that Jesus is coming back? The Lord is going to come back. You better get ready. You better get ready. They did it with Noah. Noah preached and preached and preached and nobody wanted to hear it after a while. It's like this today. Nobody wants to hear about the church. But there are still some. There are still some in your, your, your sphere of influence. There are still people that are, that are close to you that God's still trying to reach. If, God was, if, if no more people were going to be saved, 
God would come back. Because there's no more purpose for Him to be waiting. There are still people in your world and in my world that still need to be touched by Jesus. There are still people who are still needing to hear the Gospel. To see the Gospel. God sent the Philistines to punish Israel. To bring them in submission. And so after they had destroyed the, the Israelites, the Ark of God came into the Philistine camp and it was put in Ashdod, their capital, the place where the temple was of Dagon, who was their chief god. In their minds they thought, well, because we were victorious over Israel, their god is weaker than my god. And so they put it in that temple to, to bring it in to, to submission to their god, to show that god was less than Dagon. It was lifeless. It was powerless. It, was, it couldn't even keep itself up in the presence of God. Every day that it was in that house, it, it fell before the Ark of the Covenant. Even to the point where the hands and the feet of the, of, of the, of the Dagon were, were broken. I don't, I don't know if you know what Dagon looked like, but Dagon was a fish. It had the body of a fish, and it had the head and the hands of a man. And people worshipped that. They, they sacrificed to that. They believed that that fish was going to save them and save their eternal souls. They believed that their God was able to deliver them. Because it, after all, he, he, they destroyed the, the, the Israelites and their God wasn't able, strong enough to save them. But like all false gods, their God fell before, Dagon, before the Ark of the Covenant. You see, there's only one true and living God, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. There is no other God. We worship our society, excuse me, worships other gods. The God of self, the God of pride, the God of anger, the God of our children. We worship many different, different types of gods. But there's only one true and living God, and His name is Jesus. In Isaiah 45 and 5 it says, I am the Lord and there is no one else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, and thou knew, hast not known me. I've taken care of you. I've provided for you. I've, 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 I've given you food. I've given you protection. I've given you housing. I've given you wealth. I've given you something to believe in, and you never knew me. False gods are lifeless and powerless to help us with our problems or our trials. Just think of the hardships that affect our lives, sickness, pain, guilt, death, wrong relationships, financial difficulties, accidents, diseases, broken promises, loneliness, depressions. All these things are put before lifeless gods. And they try. We try as a society to find different answers. We're, we're trying right now to find a reason for all this hate in our society. And we think that I want to be careful. 
Not too long ago, we had a presidential candidate that, that thought all we had to do is legislate rules and, and people will fall into line to the, to the law. The letter of the law killeth. In Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end of it is the ways of death. We try every other avenue but Jesus. And our paths lead to, to heartache. Our paths lead to destruction. Our paths lead to the lost financial gains. All the time God is saying, Come unto me. Trust me. There's no mental God. There's no God created by the imaginations of the mind or, 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 or the thought that can deliver you out of your situation. Who's going to deliver you out of your depression? Who's going to deliver you out of your problems? There is no one but Jesus. Jesus is the only God that can deliver to answer prayer, to, to take away the confusion, to bring peace in your storm. Jesus is the only one. Sometimes pride or a wrong spirit will not let us see that our flesh has risen up and tried to exalt itself above the things of God. False gods hide behind a lot of different things that we don't really see, don't really comprehend. When was the last time that we stopped and examined our hearts and the motives against the, the God's Word to see if we've gone off course, when was the last time we let the Word of God look at our hearts, come into our hearts, and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm, I'm doing wrong. It's not easy. It's not easy to change. It's not easy to, 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 to be drawn back into the Word of God and, and, and let that direct your Oh, you say, oh, the Word of God isn't for me today. I heard, I read recently, I was doing some studying for, for this lesson and everything, and I, and I was reading on a, on a prophecy news website that there are so-called evangelical Christians, informed, enlightened Christians, that no longer say that the Old Testament is for us today. That it has no relevance to our lives today. You see, what they're trying to do is they're still trying to take the Word of God out of your life. They're still trying to, to say, oh, this doesn't pertain to you. And yet the Word of God, every, every word uh, pertains to us. In Genesis, or excuse me, in Galatians 5, 22-24, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentle, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust thereof. It's the last time we crucified our flesh. We're talking about this month of prayer and fasting. Now we, we can pray. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm preaching to myself because my day is Tuesday. <laughs> And you can, you can tell this, this old guy, he doesn't fast very much. But yet, in my flesh, into submission to the Spirit of God. Because I, in my life, see how close God is 
Now you can, you can say my heart, your heart is right, and I and, and God bless you. But you see, I, in, the, in the last couple of months, especially, I have I have found areas in my life where pride has been hidden. My 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 certain kinds of pride. In, in, in the things that I was thinking and the things that I was doing were, were hiding in my life and I had to repent of those things. Because I want to make heaven. If, if we dress all the way, we, we, we follow all the rules of the apostolic doctrines and we miss heaven because we didn't let Jesus into our hearts. We can, we can have the letter, we can conform to the image, but if the image is not in here, where 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 are we today? My message is simple this morning. I'm, I'm talking about a false god in our lives. We, we we think that we've got it all together, whether we're young or we're old. We think we got it all together, but in our hearts, I I I, I promise you, there are things that we need to change. I I don't know all of you. I don't know your hearts. But somewhere I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee, because the, the, the Scripture says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And in our hearts, there are, there are things in our hearts that need to fall to Jesus. You don't, you don't need to bring your heart. You don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell Brother Hill. Let it fall to Jesus. The more we let God into our hearts, the less that we have to carry. Sometimes we're so comfortable in our situations that we're afraid to let God talk to us. We've got this, these beautiful booths outside saying, help us. 